Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia, and this is Blue Rain Gallery Podcast. Today, we, in the studio, we have a wonderful artist in Susan Taylor Glasgow. Um, she's an artist that I have been watching, especially through the SOFA uh, shows in Chicago and New York uh, over the last 10 years. And uh, her work is very intriguing because it's a mixture of all kinds of mediums. And um, welcome, Susan. Thank you, Lee, right? It's good to be here. <laughs> nice to have you. That's a nice trip from Missouri. Yeah. It's only 18, 16 hours. 16 yeah. hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, we always uh, have our artists that have never done this. Tell us a little about themselves, uh, where they were born, um, their growing up years, the influence of art, uh, and your journey into glass and all this mixed media. So we'll, we'll let you take over a little bit and tell us where you're from and all this stuff. Okay, well, I, I was born in Duluth, Minnesota, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as soon as I learned that it was warmer other places, I left as soon as I could. It was just... Probably like, beautiful in the summer, though. Yeah, um, for a short period, you know, maybe, maybe um, six weeks, it's warm enough to actually, like, wear shorts. Uh, and, so um, I went to college at the University of Iowa for graphic design and um, from there tried a couple jobs in graphic de design and really didn't feel like I was able to um, do what I wanted to early on you know early on when you're first starting in your field you're, you're mostly just doing um, you know the grunt work essentially so um, it was hard for me to go from college where they really encouraged you to you know push the envelope to um, pressing letter type you know mm -hmm. uh, so I at that time started my own sewing business and I had a sewing business in Iowa City for about four years and then my husband and I moved to Missouri and I had a sewing shop there called on pins and needles for another 12 years and um, I really wanted to get back into a creative field, so I sold my sewing business and decided to explore mixed media. And at that time I was doing mostly uh, wood objects with a, a small bit of glass incorporated in it, and it was mostly at that time stained glass. And um, I did outdoor shows, you know, like many artists did, and I learned pretty quickly that uh, the the amount of time and attention that I wanted to put into my work was just not coming back in the outdoor shows. Um, I did the ACC shows for a while and then decided that I, I really would feel better with gallery representation. Um, so um, at that time, you know, I was self-taught in glass. Um, I had applied for a residency at both Pilchuck and um, at that time it was Wheaton, Wheaton Arts. And I think the fact that I was self-taught in glass made me an interesting candidate and I was awarded both those residencies. Oh, nice. Um, what, so you started in graphic design. How did you transition into glass? I mean, um, what, what gave you that idea? Well, I'd always enjoyed doing stained glass. Okay. So I did stained glass for a long time and then with the mixed media. And then I met somebody who had a kiln and I melted some glass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was about... Well, that's, uh, that's, that's what we want to talk a little bit about, slumping, right? Mm-hmm, fusing and slumping. Fusing and slumping. And slumping. Um, 
and, and you self-taught yourself? Yeah, and I, I think that was actually, you know, looking back, I think had I take, taken classes, um, I, don't, I think the work would have been shaped by what I would have learned in the classes versus me just making mistake after mistake and just, you know, hammering it out myself. Well, I, I, I think in going through that process, uh, you developed a, a unique identity right off the bat. And I, honestly, I think that was just because I was like basically alone in a room with a kiln. Yes. You know? so. Yeah. So uh, tell tell our audience what uh, slumping and fusing is. Uh, go through yeah. the process because some of them have no idea how sure. you produce your artwork. The um, all of my art starts with a flat sheet of glass, and um, it's in that way it's a lot like fabric. You know, I'm very comfortable taking flat sheets of material and cutting it to a shape and having that shape fit a form, just like you would in dressmaking. Um, so starting out with a flat sheet of material, I design a pattern and cut the glass to that pattern and then design the form that it's going to slump at. And the holes are established at the very hottest part of the firing, what they call a fuse firing. And at that point, it's still flat. And then I take that flat shape with the holes in it and put it over a mold and it fires to about 1200 degrees and gently slumps, sags down sags and in. fills that, that void, you know. Um, and so the, uh, as, it, as it's slumping, do the holes get covered up? Um, and well, it, all of the, and this is, might be true even with uh, blown glass, um, I start at the hottest temperature when the holes are formed, and then everything else has to be cooler than that mm. so that the holes don't close up again. Okay. So um, there's the fusing, and the holes are established, and then there's a second firing that's, that is cooler than that where maybe the enamels are put into the glass, and then the third one would be a, a slumping procedure. So. Each piece gets fired at least three times. Oh, that's quite the process. And uh, how about the cool down? Is it is it a fairly quick cool down? Um, or the annealing of that, or well, since it's a single sheet, sometimes it's a double sheet. Usually, the firing and the annealing can be done in about 24 hours, so mm -hmm. not very long right, compared right. to cast. Like cast. <laughs> yeah, you forget what's in the kiln. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it, the thicker. I know Preston Singletary does these huge totems and some of them take a year to yeah, produce one yeah, yeah. That's uh, and it's mostly about the cooling schedule mm -hmm. uh, the ramping down of the temperature and you never know if it was really successful or not no <laughs> it, could be, it, it could be all cracked and yeah. you know it's, it's crazy um, so tell us a little bit about your subject matter because um, as I've seen in your career it, it's all over the board right what, yeah. what inspires you what, what, what's driving this uh, creativity well, my work really has a lot to do with the dichotomy of women in the household. Um, I really think of what I do as kind of a, a homemaker gone awry, you know, because it's to me it's cooking and sewing and you know all of the domestic skills, but done in kind of a mad scientist sort of way. And I really don't enjoy um, like cooking and cleaning my own house. <laughs> 
<laughs> but for some reason, I'll spend you know weeks and months over at the studio <laughs> doing mm -hmm. the same thing. I um, I spent two weeks learning how to make pot de verre frosting, which is a crushed powdered glass frosting, so that I could frost a glass cake. And I have never made a homemade cake or never frosted a homemade Well, I saw cake. the recent cake. It looks delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's just pure glass. Yeah, it's it's glass. <laughs> but that's amazing. Yeah, the experimentation that you have done. And then uh, the mixture of media, because you're, you have fabric integrated with glass mm -hmm. and steel um, and, and, and stitched together. It's pretty cool. I'd like to encourage everybody to go to our website and look uh, under Susan Taylor Glasgow's uh, section and uh, enjoy the work. And if you get a chance, check her work out in person here in Santa Fe. Susan, if you'd like, let's have you uh, disassemble this piece so we can get a better idea of what you're talking about. Okay. And you can start with describing the slipper or whatever and go down from there. Well, the title of this work is uh, Beauty First. And it has to do with uh, the uh, pain and discomfort of a lot of women's garments. And, you know, it's always beauty first. And I created this um, point of tension in the pillow where the, heel. where the heel is like almost piercing the, the pillow. And um, all of these components are done separately. You know, the slipper comes off of the pillow and these are all fused and slumped so when this was in the kiln and being fired it was actually being fired in this direction and there was a a spike and then a little platform that mm. this dropped on to that would correspond with the slipper to that. Mm -hmm. and then inside are uh, fused and slumped Flowers. Flowers. Mm -hmm. And mixtured with uh, metal? Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, you know, it, there is some wire in there, but a lot of what you see that looks like chrome is actually glass that has been treated with a luster mm -hmm. and then fired on. And um, I was doing a lot of lustering because I, I liked that chrome on the glass, you yeah. know, how it transitioned in and out. And I actually ended up giving myself nerve damage from the the luster. Oh, really? And you know when is I is it toxic or what? It is extremely toxic. And a lot of times in um, materials, if um, they will send the material, but if you want to know its toxic toxic qualities, you have to get online and check. Right. And I opened up that luster, and I thought, oh man, this smells really bad. It cannot be healthy. And um, just did not take the proper precautions when I was working with it. And I was working with it for a short period a lot. Mm. And I ended up getting nerve damage in my feet a lot like how diabetics oh, get, you like know, needles. Kind of, yeah, burning and, mm -hmm. you know. And fortunately, after about eight or nine months, it subsided. But, you know. I, well, a lot of people don't realize that these glass artists, um, most glass is toxic, uh, the lead content in their Sure. And uh, not only working, but working in the cold work, uh, the grinding of glass, uh, aerosolizing it and breathing it in, you've got to be very careful. And most people are using respirators and things like that uh, to work with things mm -hmm. like what you're doing. Well, and young people, like, um, you know, like all young people, and I was young once too, you know, it's like you 
um, you don't realize until, you know, maybe too late yeah. that, you know, you, you should have been wearing a mask or, you know, you, you should have been using um, a material wet rather than dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so on, on the, the patterning on the pillow, mm -hmm. uh, it looks like lace. Is that real lace? Or no. is it something you created to look like lace? It's a, a kind of a photographic uh, process and so I think in this case um, sometimes I use that photographic process as a, a sandblasting resist mm -hmm. and that's true of the text where it says beauty first that mm -hmm. was a sandblasting resist um, but this was done with a silk screen oh cool so it was silk screened with enamels and then fired into the glass it's just some of the most amazing work uh, <laughs> a lot of thought the amount of experimentation you've done in your career to come up with all of this i you know. you know and that's that's what made me decide that i really needed to to seek gallery representation because i love that fussy nature mm -hmm. i like to take my time and think about the object and you know um how to make the message stronger. Yeah. So, so uh, there's, there's another piece that's come to the show that is a chandelier. Have you made a lot of chandeliers or is that your first one? No, I've probably made maybe 25, 25? now. 25? Yeah. Over, I would say over the last 10 years. And this is a, what I'm trying to remember, a 48 inch yeah, uh, 40 chandelier inch. Mm -hmm. and it has uh, skulls on it. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you produce the skulls? Um, they are actually blown. They're not blown by me. They're mold blown. Okay. And um, but uh, when they come to me, they are just clear glass. So, so you I, them? I sandblast them and mm -hmm. mess with them and you know, drill a couple holes in them. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that sandblasting is hard work too, isn't it? Yeah. I've done my fair share of that. And uh, but, but yeah, having the proper equipment and knowing how to use those tools properly. Um, we had full in the beginning full respirators uh, suits and. Oh, but we yeah. were we were blasting a commercial glass about the size of this table, yeah. and that stuff's hard. It, it, it's a lot harder than the the blown glass. So, uh, yeah, you just want to be very careful on that stuff. Yeah, I have an, a very nice uh, case, and you know, great all self ventilation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and it might leak out a little bit when you open up the doors, but it's not like filling a room yeah. or anything. The HEPA filters is what it's all about, man. Yeah, really. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well. I'd like to thank Susan for uh, participating in our podcast. I'd like to encourage everybody to subscribe. Uh, you can find our podcast on all the platforms from Spotify to iTunes. Uh, you can also go to uh, blueraingallery.com and look under podcast. And there's, this is, we, will be the 18th one we've done. And uh, we appreciate the time you've taken to come here and especially the experimentation that you've done throughout your career to get to this point. It's beautiful work. Um, our next show will be July 16th, 5 to 7. It's a feature on Deladier Almeida. Um, we will have live music here, and i uh, like to encourage everybody to participate in that. Come on over. Uh, I'd like to encourage everybody as well to uh, go to our print shop uh, on, at BlueRainGallery.com, the bottom of the page. Click the button, and uh, you will find a lot of wonderful products from our amazing artists. Uh, thank you again. <laughs> Thank you, Leroy. You're
Thank you.